Mysterious Circumstances. Today's play was recorded in the 1960s and is set in the England of that period. We present Returned Without Thanks, a play for radio by Barclay Mather. Returned Without Thanks. Good night, Stacey. Good night, Sir George. Good night, Paul. Good night, sir. Uh, meet here again for your revenge next week, eh? Next Wednesday. By all means. Sure. Thank you, sir. I've enjoyed the evening immensely. Splendid. Uh, get it. Whiskey and soda. Oh, thanks. Uh, uh, Matthews, two whiskeys, please. Very good, Sir George. Yes, I must say I enjoy my Wednesday bridge. Hmm. Young Paul Fenton plays a good cerebral game, doesn't he? Fenton's a very cerebral young man altogether. Yes. That's why I employ him. What did he do for you exactly? The technical side came down with a magnificent degree. He always struck me as a little uh, smooth for one of your tough bridge-building types. We don't build bridges. Dams are our speciality. Ah, yes, I see. And even at this early stage, Fenton's the best explosive man we've ever had. Ah, thank you, Matthews. Uh, uh, say when, Gideon. When? Ah, just right, thanks. Well, your very good health. And yours? Didn't Fenton marry Pardo's daughter? Yes, he did marry Pardo's daughter. And they separated after less than a year. Go on, next part of the question. Well, I'm not particularly interested. I merely asked because... You uh, asked because there are a lot of damn malicious stories circulating about Fenton and my daughter, Christie. Now, look here, Sir George, I can assure you... I can I assure you that the stories were groundless. And if I ever find out the source of them, I'll, I'll make a long arm for my lawyer. Damn fast. Anyhow, Fenton and his wife are back together now, and... Uh, Genuinely trying to make a go of it. Given the chance, they will, too. Well, I'm glad of that. Yeah, he met the girl when he came down from Cambridge. Love at first sight. Stupid pair of young blighters got married before the boy had a chance to get established. Completely unsuited to each other. So it went on the rocks. Really? Yes, and they parted for about a year. She went back to her mother who lives in the Bahamas... My girl, Christine, tried to help. Sort of thing she would do. Advice, bit of sympathetic listening, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yeah. Young Fenton used to come down for weekends at my behest. Next thing we know, people were starting putting two and two together and making a dozen out of it. Very unpleasant for all concerned. Very. And there was absolutely nothing in it. George Hartnell's residence. Now, this is Paul Fenton speaking. Could I speak to Miss Christine Hartnell, please? Just a moment, please. Uh, Mr. Fenton for you, Miss Christine. Paul, where are you speaking from? London. Anything wrong? Good heavens, now. I just wanted to hear your voice, that's all. Is this line safe? Mm, quite. It's for this extension. I've got the cutout switch on. Paul, there is something wrong, isn't there? You bet there is. I'm married to the wrong woman, that's all. Oh, it's no good, my dear. We're just torturing each other. Don't ring again, Paul. Please don't ring. Listen, Christine, I've done everything I can. I've given it a fair trial. It, it just won't work. 
I can't stay with her. You've asked her again? For a divorce? Yes, Anna, this morning. What did she say? She'll see me in hell before she'll give me my freedom. There's nothing more we can do. When am I going to see you? I don't think we'd better meet again. Honestly, I don't. Now, wait a minute. Listen to me, Paul, for your own sake. Father likes you. He has every sympathy. But he did make us both promise when you joined the company that we wouldn't lay ourselves open to any more gossip. Oh, for heaven's sake. All I'm suggesting is dinner, lunch even, just to see you. Paul, I'm going away. Huh? Where to? South Africa. What? To my uncle and aunt. For how long? Indefinitely. Well, certainly long enough to give us both a chance to get over this. Give all three of us a chance. Because I still think that you and Krilla could make a go of it if I went on the scene. <laughs> you must be joking. All right, so you're going away. But you really don't think that's going to solve anything, do you? That it'll make me stop loving you, or, or you loving me? Oh, my dear, we've been over it so often. What's the good of tearing each other to pieces like this? When am I going to see you? Oh, Paul, here's Mother. I'll ring you at the office tomorrow. Good night, my dear. Christine! Christine! <sighs> oh, damn. Is that you, Paul? Unless somebody else has a key to this damn flat. You're late. Why not come straight out with it and ask me where I've been? But you told me this morning you were going to play bridge with Sir George. And I bet you checked. No, I didn't, actually. And I certainly don't intend quarreling with you again. Listen, I've had a letter from Mother. <sighs> that makes my day. How is she enjoying the Bahamas? Or should I ask how the Bahamas are enjoying no, her? No, something wonderful's happened. The solicitors have just found another life insurance policy that Father took out years ago in America. $20,000. Really? Well, that's nearly 7,000 pounds. It'll make all the difference to Mother. Anything that would make a difference to your mother would make me a very, very happy man. That's not very funny. I don't feel funny, my dear Krilla. I just feel very, very tired. Good night. Oh, but, but Paul... Look, she's offering us a holiday out there. All expenses, airfares, everything. Splendid. You go on your own. That'll be a holiday for us both. Yes. You'd like that, wouldn't you? It would clear the field for you and that woman. If by that woman you mean Christine, you didn't let it worry you. She's going to South Africa. So you have been seeing her? Well, actually, I haven't. Even if I had, I can't quite see what concern it would be of yours. Because I happen to know the conditions Sir George laid down when you joined the company. Oh, shut up, woman. You weary me. <laughs> Sir George Hartnell, Sons and Partners Limited. Good morning. Mr. Travers? Yes. I'll put you through. Good morning, Dorothy. Mr. Fenton in yet? Just gone into his office, Mr. Brown. Thanks. Come in. Mr. Fenton, Mr. Capey of the Ministry of Works to see you, sir. Oh, come in. Do sit down. Oh, thanks. All right, thank you, Brown. Now, oh, good of you to come so promptly, Mr. Capey. <laughs> Explosives usually get a prompt reaction, Mr. Fenton, even from civil servants. <laughs> And what can I do for you exactly? Well, it's a new and very powerful explosive we want to test. Oh, how powerful? Well, the lab people say about a thousand up on dynamite. Oh, really? Well, I doubt that myself, but still, pretty potent stuff. It's an improvement on the French explosive plastique. Oh, how much would you want to test? Mm, quite a lot, about a um, hundredweight. Hmm. 
That'd be too much for the gunnery ranger Chubiness, even if the war office agreed. More like sundering sands, I should say. That'd suit us fine, if it's all right by you. You'd have pretty rough roads down there and several villages to go through. What's it travel like? No problem at all. It's about the most stable of all explosives in the absence of an initiator. Just like putty. You can drop it, hammer it, burn it if you like. Not a squeak out of it. It must have a critical electric detonator. What's hmm. the object of the test? Blasting and demolition work. Oh. Well, damn it, just think. A block the size of a quarter of a pound of butter would blow a fair-sized suburban house sky high. All right, then. Let's have your dates and I'll get everything laid on. Permit, warning to surrounding villages and all that. Thank you very much indeed. I should say we'd be ready in about, oh, ten days' time. Like to come down for a look-see? I'd love to. But, uh, big bangs give me a headache. <laughs> Darling Mummy, I can't tell you how delighted I was to get both the news and your wonderful invitation. I spoke to Paul the same night and got the reaction I would have expected. Much too proud to accept, of course. And he suggested that I come alone. But I'm not going to. I think to leave him on his own now would be tantamount to giving in. Although I believe you know who is about to leave for South Africa. Actually, I think Master Paul's been giving it some thought since. He's been quite civil. And quite by accident, of course, happened to leave his passport lying around. Of course, he'll want me to make the bookings without his knowledge. Then he'll protest. But he'll come. You take my word for it. I can't tell you how I'm looking forward to it. All my love, Krilla. All right, Brown. You've been admiring Sundring Sands long enough. Go down and collect the detonators. I'm just counting the cakes, then, sir. Well, I'll finish that. How many have you got to? We brought 400 quarter-pound blocks with us, sir. I've packed 322 in already. Oh, good. That leaves um, 78 for me to stow. Where you go. Very good, sir. 78 for me to stow. One, two, three, four. 74, 75, 76, 77. And I think nobody's going to try and count them after the big bang. <laughs> uh, detonator, sir. Oh, right. Down here. Easy. Easy, does it? Got them all packed in, sir? Oh, yes. Well, all that you left me, that is. I, uh... I put in 78. That's all right, sir. I'd packed 322. <sighs> right, now, uh, pass with the wires. Yeah. Crimper and two deaths. Here we are. Good. Adhesive? Yeah. Good. All right, now, string the wire out behind you, back to the Land Rover. Okay. Now, we've got three miles of wire aboard, enough to reach from here to the firing point easily. Right. Give me the battery. Yeah. Not very big, is it? No, sir. Just think of the blow box we need for the equivalent amount of dynamite. Yeah. Ready? Ready, sir. Okay. Eyes down. Contact. Nothing wrong with that lot. 
Blimey, half the flaming hill's gone. With less than a hundred weight, four hundred quarter-pounders. There's your remark, Brown, four hundred quarter-pounders. Quite a lift, wasn't it? I wouldn't have thought it possible. Not with anything short of a nuclear. When you realize that one of those blocks would blow a fair-sized house to kingdom come. Yes, just one. Good morning, sir. Can I show you anything? Yes, I, um, I want a clock, as a matter of fact. Uh, what sort of clock? Sir? A rather a special sort. A high-precision traveling clock. A quite small and absolutely silent. No, then it would have to be an electric one. Um, we have a very nice little thing. <clears throat> Just a moment. Uh, yes, here we are. You see? Mm. A tiny pencil torch battery in the back of the case. Neat, don't you think? Very. But um, how reliable are they? Free replacement without question if they stop or vary more than three minutes a month. Mm. Yes. Um, we sold over 50 in the six months we've been carrying the line without a single claim. All right, well, I'll take your word for it. Oh, how much? Um, eight pounds exactly, sir. And don't hesitate to bring it back if there's any cause for complaint. Oh, thank you. I can safely assure you there won't be. Dead accurate and dead silent. <laughs> now, that ought to meet the lady's requirements. Oh, I'm so glad you're early. I've been shopping. On Mars Bounty? You bet. There. What do you think of these beach slacks and shirts? They look a bit big for you. Well, they're not for me, you idiot. They're yours. You're assuming too much, Crilla. I can't go. I've got too much on at the office. All right, you can't go. I'm not going to fight you over it. These clothes will do for Italy or somewhere when we can go. And I can get a refund on our air ticket. There's no reason at all why you shouldn't go. I'm not going without you. Quillo, let's sit down and talk it over. Just once again, without flying at each other's throats. Right. Now, listen, my dear. Forget my sore-headedness. I know I've been difficult. I'm sorry, but... Well, put it down to work, if you like. Actually, I couldn't be spared. Not really. Well, you know what I'm aiming for, don't you? A partnership. Yes. But George thinks the world of me at the moment, and, well, I want to keep it that way. I see. All right. Well, just let it go for the present. Wouldn't that seem a bit like casting it back in your mother's face? Oh, she'll understand. You won't go on your own? No. Can't you believe that I really would enjoy the holiday more if you were there with me? And that if you can't be there, I'd rather be here with you. Is that such a strange thing? Yes, it is strange. Considering what a louse I've been for the last few months. Oh, no, you are... You You're are... a very obstinate young woman, my Crillo. And I love you for it. All right, Bahamas, here we come. You mean... Oh, Paul. Oh. What? what the hell are you crying for? to be sociable for the next few nights. I'll have a hell of a lot of homework to do before I can leave things with a clear conscience. Right. Once I get into that workroom of mine, I'll have to be left alone. Anything you say, Paul. Anything at all. 
Oh, it's me. Oh. Christine, I, I think... I think it's going to be all right. You mean she's agreed to... to give you your freedom? Practically. I, I can't tell you over the telephone. I'll meet you tomorrow. Lunch at the Westgate. But, darling, I'm sailing tomorrow. Oh, don't, Christine. Don't. I tell you, it, it's going to be all right. She's going off on Wednesday to the Bahamas. She's practically agreed to a divorce. Oh, her mother's coming to a lot of money, and that's made all the difference. But, Christine, you... you mustn't... mustn't leave me now. I, I need you, my darling. I don't want to go. Not if there's a ray of hope. There is, there is, I tell you. Just have faith. Don't go tomorrow. Wait until Wednesday at least. But what on earth can I say to my parents? Oh, say you're not well. You, you don't feel up to it. I can hardly say that, then come up and lunch with you. Well, never mind about the lunch. Just put off your sailing and believe in me. Well, all right. But listen, Paul, if you're just trying to borrow time without any justification... I'm not. I, I promise you I'm not. It'll be all right, darling. It will be. I must go now. I've got a lot to do. Good night, my darling. Good night. Good night. <sighs> now to check everything. Detonator crimped into the center of the block. Negative onto the metalwork of the clock case. Positive onto our hand. Stab on the numeral to stop the hour hand. Removed minute hand. Right. Now, connect up with battery. Oh, disconnect detonator first, though. Now, try the count. Lovely. Good fat spark there. Step it up with two more batteries on the day. Ah, want to be packed in. Mm-hmm. Suitcase? No, no good. She might take a last minute look inside for something. Ah, jewel case. Hasn't got much in the way of jewels to put in it, poor dear. But she always casts the thing around with her. Yes, jewel case. Then, if I can slip it into the suitcase at the last minute. So it's all right, Mummy, darling. Just as I said, he hummed and hawed over it at first. Too busy, wouldn't accept charity, etc., etc. Then finally, I took the bull by the horns and went out and booked our air passages for next Wednesday and just presented it to him as a fait accompli. We'll be there on Thursday morning, almost as soon as you get this. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for making all this possible. All my love, Krilla. Take off 11 a.m. Two hours out over the Atlantic. One o'clock. Oh, God. All those other people. Oh, to hell with them. These things happen, don't they? They won't know anything about it. Nobody will know. Just a big bang and then nothing. It's not a bad way to go out, really. Okay. Detonator crimped in. Negative and positive connected. Check. Correct. The time... Dead ten o'clock now. Set it to that. One hour to the airport. Two hours after that. One o'clock. One o'clock. Paul, where's your suitcase? I put it in the boot of the car. Come on, for the Lord's sake, we're going to be late. Oh, you using our own car? Well, of course. But you can't leave it at the airport for a whole month. Now Brown's picking it up and driving it back here. Now, come on. I'm coming. I'm just checking the parking tap to turn off. Now, 
case. Oh, blast your jewel case. It's empty anyhow. I know it's empty, but I love it dearly. It was the very first present you ever gave me. Yes, and move on. Not without my jewel case. All right, then, if you must know, I shoved it inside your suitcase. Oh, whatever for? I always carry it. It impresses air hostesses. For the simple reason you're always leaving the damn thing behind you in airports, that's why. Oh, well, once that time in Milan. Well, plus a few others when I've rescued it. Anyhow, that's where it is, and that's where it stays. Now, are you coming? Yes, I'm coming. Now, where on earth is the front door key? Oh, damn the front door key. You're going to miss that plane. We? What the devil have I been doing all the morning? We're trying to shift you. Oh, poor Paul. I'm a trial, aren't I? Never mind. Think of all that lovely sun ahead of us. Long, lazy days on the beach. Look, I've left it as long as I could. I've got to tell you now. What? Something happened last night in the office. We've been invited to tender for a dam in Brazil. You mean... I mean, I'm not coming. I can't. Oh, well... Oh, Quilla, try and understand. This is my job. I couldn't let Sir George down. An $11 million contract. But we've got to get the figures out within a week. We can do it if everybody piles in, working night and day. But I'll come out then, I, I promise you. You never really meant to come, did you? No, that's not fair. Of course I meant to come. And I will come, but... I'm not chucking away a chance like this. Damn it all, it's your future as well as my own I'm thinking of. Turn back. I'm not going. Listen, I've told you I'll come out and join you in a week. If you fly out today. Damn it all, girl. Just think of it. If you called off now, you know what to think in the office. You couldn't trust me. Make me look right, old Charlie, as Mrs. Warburg say. That's my girl. I knew you'd see it in its proper light. It's a disappointment to me, too, you know. Here we are. Main entrance. Ten minutes of flight time. Porter. Porter. Flight 309 Bahamas. One suitcase in the boot. Get it, will you? Uh, stay with him, Fuller, uh, while I check the tickets. And then screw up the passports. Now, quick. I'll join you there. departure of Jet Flight 309 for Bahamas and Jamaica. Will passengers... Don't let her miss it. She's got to get it. Got to. Where is she now? The fool's going to miss it. Oh, Krilla. Krilla, where the devil have you been? Look, here's your ticket. We'll transfer mine to another flight about next Monday, good luck. Oh, your suitcase has gone out. Here's the baggage chip to claim at the other end. Lost your mother. Oh, go on, go on. They've all gone through now. What's this? A note. When the hell did you write it? So that's why I couldn't find you. All right, bus off. Now, good flight. Be seeing you. <sighs> I feel sick. Need a whiskey. Two whiskeys. Big ones. Eleven o'clock. Dead on time. Dead on time. Sir George Hart. 
Hartnell's residence. Uh, Miss Christine Hartnell, please. Uh, Mr. Paul speaking. Paul! Christine, can I... Can I see you? Where are you? At the airport. Yes, she's just gone off. She's quitting me. It's better that way. Christina, I did try. I don't think she ever really cared. It was only her jealousy of you kept her hanging on so long. You sound distressed, my dear. Do I? Well, I suppose it's natural in a way. So that'll pass as soon as I see you. Look, suppose I drive down. I can make it in a little over two hours. I'll be waiting. My darling. Darling girl. Drive carefully, Paul. I know what you like when you're upset. Now, don't you worry. About half past one, then. Oh, my sweet. to go. A thousand miles out of the Atlantic. What if they ever recover enough of the house for the experts to analyze? Motive and opportunity they look for. <laughs> Me with my access to explosives. Buying that clock. <sighs> oh, what the hell am I talking about? There won't be anything to recover. She'll be blown into a thousand pieces. Drop 35, 40,000 feet into the ocean. She'll just disappear. Better be getting on. No. no wait a minute. Hands shaking too much. Oh, I wish I had a drink. Cigarette. Yes. Cigarette. Oh, that's better. What's this? Oh, Lord. A note. I'd forgotten. Oh, to hell with it. Burn before reading. Well, let's have a look, then. Paul, I've tried. You know, I've tried right up to this minute. But this is the end. I'm leaving you. I'm not coming back. <laughs> you can say that again, my love. I know that you never intended coming with me. When the time comes, you can divorce me for desertion. I won't defend the suit. And I wish Christine the joy of her bargain. Thriller. P.S. I'm taking nothing of yours with me. You'll find the jewel case in the boot of the car. <laughs> so that's that. Boot of the car! Oh, my God! No! In Returned Without Thanks by Barclay Mather, Paul Fenton was played by Hector Ross and Quilla Fenton by Hilda Schroeder. Other parts were played by Walter Fitzgerald, Patricia Gallimore... Michael McLean, Lewis Stringer, Wilfred Babbage, and Arthur Lawrence. We also heard Geoffrey Matthews, Nigel Graham, and Ursula Hurst. 
The producer was Martin C. Webster.